The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. It is the Anton Savage Show. With me is Barbara Scully, author and broadcaster, and Craig Hughes, political correspondent of the uh, Irish Daily Mail. And on the front page of the Irish Daily Mail, there is the news that there is an election on the way. We will get more of that in a minute. Before that, last night was the last of the current Late Late Show season. And of course, it was the last of the Ryan Tuberty era. Uh, text saying, I felt Ryan's last show was a bit underwhelming. After 14 years, they could have had a bit more crack to wrap up his last one. And I, I read that purely because it seems to be the general consensus that is coming in. So if you have a different view, fling it into us in 53106 or on 087-1400-106 on WhatsApp. What was your view, Barbara? Um, I, well, I think underwhelming is probably the polite way of putting it as well. Um, like your your listener there who texted in. Yeah, I watched it um, because I knew we were, we were uh, going to talk about it this morning. And I just spent two hours wondering when was something going to happen? <laughs> Do you know, when was it the show actually going to take off? And at the end of it, I felt it was more like a wake. Now, is it. that because you had unreal expectations no. going into it because there was a sense of this has to be some kind of giant finale? No, I didn't think it was have to be some kind of giant finale. But I mean, it, it, it did seem to me it was very low energy. There was, um, as I say, you had this constant feeling that you know when is it going to take off and it wasn't that I was looking for fireworks but it's a leaving do you know Ryan didn't die um, he's only moving on and normally in a leaving do there'd be a bit of crack there was no crack well now Craig we had the President of Ireland we had a beetle we had Bono. We had half of you two, technically, because we had... weren't even there. But we still had them. Bono was there. The Edge was there. There was some of the highlights of toy shows past and there was a free scooter. That doesn't sound bad on paper. Yeah, I, I think... And I wouldn't be someone now who'd be a late, late show hater. I mean, there's a lot of those out there. Um, but I think last night, it did just feel a bit flat. I, I think when you look at what the, what they did around around bringing the kind of the best best kids from from the toy to years back, that was a really great concept. Um, but perhaps didn't 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 really shine through as much as, as they would have wanted. Um, and I think that being the centre point of it probably took away from any other great excitement you were, were going to get elsewhere. Um, but I think overall he's been he's been quite an energetic host. I mean, I think he's he's done a good job. Um, but I think now probably is the, the right and natural time to have a new pre- presenter come in and shake things up. The one thing that I didn't quite understand last night was the the record that The Late Late has set is that it is the longest running live TV show. Not the longest running TV show. It's the longest running live TV show. Why would they open with a pre-recorded interview? Well, do you know, it was the highlight of the show. I mean, to me, that was the only part that made sense uh, was listening to Michael D, who usually does make sense. The rest of it didn't make any sense whatsoever. So I've no problem with them having a, a pre-recorded um, insert. And we got to see the dog and talk about the dog and talk about Broad, who's gone on to heaven. So that was all grand. We've so seen the dog that. a lot, though, Barbara. But, like, what? We've seen the dog. I, I've seen Michael D's dog more than I've seen my own dog. Yeah, no, but I, I thought that was nice. And we heard the letter from Biden, who wrote a sympathy letter, you know, con- expressing his condolences on the death of the dog. This is important stuff. The thing with the, the the kids and the toy show, I mean, you know, I disclaimer, I am allergic to the toy show anyway. I think it makes Irish people come across as really weird. And I think it's... I what think have you got against wholesome fun? I think it's bizarre that it's a late night mm. show and that we have this thing coming up to Christmas. The kids get to stay up late toys. and in their PJs yeah, and their I sleeping always, bags. I mean, I know this is going to make me sound very kind of worthy, but like I always think of the kids watching that who aren't going to get their dreams coming true on Christmas morning. And I just, there's something about... the toy show that makes me itch and I don't like it um, so I didn't like that bit 
Then they built up RT in advance about this trad super group we were going to have. So I thought, Grant, this is when the party gets started, the party bit, because that's what I wanted, a party, a celebration. So this trad group, which had great luminaries in it of traditional music, came out. I think they did two bits of music and a, and, and a young woman got up and did about three seconds of diddly, not diddly, of Irish dancing. And that was the end of it. And then we had Moya Brennan and um, Andrea Kaur interviewing um, Ryan Tuberdine. But you had to have that. that to, you had to have somebody ask him questions about his tenure. just awful. I mean, where was... It needed comedy. It needed slagging. It needed a bit of having a bit of crack with Ryan. This was his last show. And all of, it was just very worthy. It was very I love you and I love you back. And by the end of it, I felt like I'd been on a boat on a rough sea for a while and I needed to go to bed. I, I think it was going to be hard to avoid that though after such a long stint, you know, to... I didn't feel like watch Gay Bird's last show and Pat Kenny's last show and although I can't remember the detail I know I didn't feel as underwhelmed as I did last night. But just to come back to you Anton making the point about it being the longest live show I mean there has been some some speculation that maybe you could take that bit away from it I mean the Graham Norton show films on a Wednesday so you can get better guests maybe that's what they need to do to bring in kind of more A-list talent into the show um, to really bring it back to where it was because that's one thing that has been a real gulf in recent years is the kind of international celebrities that you used to get. Well you see no this is the thing Uh, A.A. Gill the um, fabulous TV critic for the Sunday Times wrote a piece a while ago where he talked about the golden era of television and he said there wasn't a golden era of television he said the 1970s produced truly awful television but if you take the bits of it that are good and sew them together you get about a week's worth of really good TV from that decade and we look back at it through rose-trinted glasses if you look at all of the guests that the Late Late did in its heyday there wasn't there that much not. in the way of no. A-listers. No, there wasn't. There really wasn't. No, it was panels wasn't. and it was it was interesting discussions exactly. and it was it was repartee. Exactly. But it wasn't like Hollywood was beating a path to the door of Montrose. No, never. And the, the heyday of the Late Late Show as the oldest person here in the studio, so I'm going to use this, um, was when there was good panel discussions and we had long kind of philosophical discussions, not political debates, but philosophical discussions on things. Now, you might say back then Ireland had a lot more things to discuss because we were, you know, kind of this weird kind of outlier conservative uh, country that was trying to find its feet. But I think that's what the Late Late Show needs to go back to. And I think if you look at what's going to happen in Ireland now over the next few months when we have all these amazing festivals going on, like we've book festivals, we've festivals of ideas and politics and economics and... Irish people love a conversation and we have Mm. always loved a conversation. And I don't think, you know, I I read something in one of the papers this morning saying that Patrick Keelty, the show will change and it it may, they mentioned Graham Norton model. We can't do that here. And that's not going to work. And, you know, um, uh, Tommy Tiernan has proved that Irish people like a good conversation. We don't necessarily need to have A-listers. And I think that's what we need to get back to. And I think Patrick Keelty could actually do that quite well. But I think a panel discussion, and I think Ryan always was slightly afraid of, of that kind of thing because there's an uncertainty with those kind of discussions. You can't control them necessarily as much as you can control a one-to-one interview. But I think that's where it needs to go back to. What do you think, Craig? Well, I think anything might, would, would be better than having uh, segments of, of, you know, these... Don't diss the president now. I am. The segment with, with, with Joe Biden's letter about, about the dog. I mean, I thought, Jesus, is, I mean, is, is this what our, our leader, no. our correspondent got? No, I'm sorry. I, 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 could, no. I couldn't uh, entertain it. Um, Do you think they'll shorten it? Because that's the other thing people are saying, that it'll be shortened down. Well, I'm advertising if they shorten it. That's, that's yeah. again, that's the thing. If you're filling two hours and you're selling ads yeah. through that two hour period, why would yeah, you cut you off your nose to spite it. your wallet? No, no, you're not going to shorten it. The other interesting thing I thought was people saying that Patrick Kilty 
might be kind of out of touch because he's not based here and he's going to kind of fly in, presumably do the show and head up to Belfast and then head back to London again. But um, I don't think, I think having a huge inflated salary probably puts you fairly much out of touch as well. So I don't see his living in the UK is going to make that much of a difference. Uh, Tech saying, um, Anton, I agree with Barbara. It was like a wake. Um, I thought the guests would keep coming, says another, and then be song and dance for at least a half an hour gone beyond midnight. I was sort of in the expectation, you know, we're in this for the long haul. It'll be 1am before it's over. And I was like, it's Irish finished party. on time. Um, by the way, the, um, the... Uh, critical thing that we were talking about earlier on just in case you were uh, wondering a text is explaining that there are different pressure in tennis balls for the various different surfaces on which you might choose to play tennis Do you, I know I know it was uh, Is this meant uh, to mean something? If you were listening earlier Barbara right. rather than I was doing research, my homework Good, good for you We homework. were talking about tennis balls Anyway I watched the Late Late Show last night like everyone else I waited for something to happen yeah. um, I felt Ryan's face dropped when he saw the Vespa instead of a Harley Davidson I don't know I think Ryan likes a Vespa he is more of a Vespa I think he likes a Vespa a Harley I Davidson. think that that would have scratched him where he is what was the story with Bono like even by Bono I know don't be judging I no 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 I'm not I am what was the story with Bono <laughs> Like, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't get that bit at all. Um, I, I, I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea what. That I was think about. we should have a rule when it comes to you two that Larry does the talking. Larry, yeah, don't <laughs> just let Larry out. Larry's grounded. I, let him away. Is the edge not all right? The edge did all right. The edge did all right. That's yeah. A fair I think point we can well. have the edge. Yeah, because I don't think Larry says very much, does he? No, that's why we like Larry. Um, there's, there is um, further entertainment news, which is on the front of uh, your paper, Craig. And this is in relation to Philip Schofield. Mm. And the headline says, Schofield tells the male, sorry I lied to you over affair with much younger man when I was married. He's put out a, a, a statement apologising to all and sundry. Yes, uh, so it, it seems that that my sister paper in the, in the UK kind of had, had this story for a while and, and directly lied to, to by Mr. Schofield. Um, and the kind of inquest has begun now, it seems, in ITV about, if you go back to 2020, when, when he came out and announced that, that he, was, he was a gay man, there was all this outpouring of sympathy. But now we learn that uh, for the last three years, which kind of times at that time, he's been having an on-off relationship with a much um, younger member member of, of, his, of his show who he was previously asked to help get into television. So a lot of questions been raised now in, in terms of the heads of, of ITV. Of what did you know at the time? Um, when did you find out? ITV yesterday were, were, were kind of being quite forthright saying, no, we were deceived as well. It's a long way to go in this story now. And I, I guess Mr. Schofield said that, you know, while it was wrong, it wasn't illegal. Um, and he's pretty right in, in that sense. For But if you look at the US, for example, something like this is much more serious inside in corporations if you have um, relationships with your subordinates. Well, what's interesting is the people who have come out to be critical. And one of them is his former colleague, because Eamon Holmes, of course, and um, his, his wife Ruth used to both present the Friday version of this morning. And when um, Philip did come out, uh, Philip, like I know him on his first name basis, Philip Phil. Schofield came out, yeah. Um, it was Eamon Holmes who did the interview and was there to hug him and all the rest of it. And Holmes has been excoriating about this. I think there should have been a special award for Philip Schofield and Holly Willerby for best actors. Um, they may or may not be together on the telly today, but he's brought in lawyers, she's brought in PR team. The public surely sus that there's no chemistry, that it's a broken fit between the two of them. 
and the fact that this morning does not depend on who presents it. It's an institution. It will carry on no matter who presents it. And anybody can check the viewing figures. There's no difference between whether they present it or anyone else. So that's Eamon Holmes getting the digs in on TV. He then followed that up on Twitter by saying, Schofield has been finally caught out, but he's not the only guilty party. Four members of ITV management knew what sort of man he was and never once took action to prevent him controlling or taking advantage of his position over young people. People responded on social media saying, hang on a minute, Eamon, you were there. And he tweeted, Ruth and I were deceived and lied to. One day I will tell the story. We had no issue with him being gay, only support. What transpired took us for fools. The man told us complete lies and we unfortunately believed him. I I am kind of um, slightly baffled by this story, to be honest with you, because I, again, I've got to stop saying this. In my day, when working in... You're not 107, No, I know. Barbara. But when I worked in an office situation, right, back in... I started work in 1980. Affairs in the office were rampant, right? And they were secret because they were affairs, because somebody was cheating on somebody else. And they did sometimes go on, usually with older men and younger women. Um, so... I'm a little bit like, is there more to come out about this? Am I like, I feel as if I'm missing something that like everybody's got their knickers into such a huge, big twist about this. And I'm just I feel as if I'm missing a piece of information. Okay, what he did, he lied. That's not great. People lie all the time, especially if they're having an affair. Okay, he said the relationship was uh, unwise, but not illegal. So. If, if that is the case, if these are two consenting adults, I know there's a power differential and an age differential and that's not great. It's absolutely not great. But at the same time, I just feel as if there's something else missing here. I, I, don't, um, I, don't, I don't think you can justify such a... I'm not trying to justify. Such a big abuse of, of power. When you, when you have people like that who are kind of iconic across a nation, they the threshold is, is much higher. And I think when you have someone who's coming into a career and who would idolise someone like that. I I just think that's there's a a serious line there that has been crossed. Is there a place at which we start to take away a person's um, ability to make their own decisions as an adult? If Mm. this is somebody who is an adult, who is over 18 and who is a consenting adult, I know it's I'm not justifying it and I'm not excusing it. I know it's not ideal. But again, you know, is it patronising for us to think that because somebody is younger and has less power that they have no say? We don't know. Perhaps this young man was delighted to be having an affair with Philip Schofield. We don't know. Now, I know that's going to get me into all kinds of trouble, but I'm genuinely curious. I suspect it's it's probably a bit like the way that the Monica Lewinsky incident was originally viewed with Bill Clinton, where it was seen as an affair between two equals. I think now, 20 years on, when you look back at it, you say this was the 40 something year old president of the United States of America with a 20 something year old intern. That power balance is so significant that there are huge questions to be asked about the exploitation of the person involved. Mm. I wonder if there are an element with the same with Philip Schofield, where the question you have to get to is he got the job thanks to Philip Schofield getting him into the um, Mm. TV show, which is what we are to understand. He was... 30 years his junior? More? 35 years his junior? He was in a very junior role within the organisation. All of that doesn't look great. It doesn't look great. No, I'm not Mm. saying it does look great. But I'm just saying, if you look at the, the, the young... Do we take away a person's agency completely? 
Do you know what I mean? Like, say you are 30 years younger than some very attractive older man in the office um, and you decide, yeah, I'm going to have an affair with this guy because... Yeah, I like him and, you know, we have a chemistry. No, but I don't think the issue is, I don't think anybody is questioning the issue of the young man involved. I think the question is Philip's um, decision and judgment to get involved in such an uh, an affair. And then the issue of not uh, declaring it to all the... Now, that's the one thing I don't understand all this, Craig, which is the, uh, the dogs in the street were barking this. I mean, this was going the rounds on social media when he came out. This was all of the stuff that was video of him having lunch with the young man in question. And so how is everybody so shocked? Well, I think it's because he's lied about it and it lied about it. And if you if you look at the comments um, to the mail where he gave the, the statement um, d- directly, he apologised for that. So there was kind of there must have been a reticence within the media to run the story, given in the face of such den- denials, you know, and I guess, you know, how do you prove someone is is in yeah. a relationship with someone unless unless you're in the room with them? It's very difficult. So when you have them coming out, I'm sure lawyered up as well, saying this isn't true, you can't run it. And um, so hence the groveling apology. He's we, lost everything now, though, hasn't he? He's like, oh, he's gone off ITV. Again. Yeah, and he never worked again. Yeah. We will, of course, be talking because obviously the, the homelessness figures, in case you are wondering, why are they right? talking about Philip Schofield? Phil you could be more significant. We are going to be talking at 10 o'clock about the homelessness issue and uh, what can be done because we now have more than 12,000 people uh, homeless. The other thing, I don't know if you noticed this, Barbara, but I just thought it was an interesting juxtaposition. We have uh, homelessness as one of the lead stories and on the front page of the Irish Times, Varadkar backing tax cuts for Middle Ireland. Yeah. And in the bottom corner of the front page of the Irish Times, an ad for private jet charter. Isn't it some juxtaposition, record numbers of, of uh, homeless people and but private it, jets for sale on the yeah. front of the Irish Times. But doesn't that go to the point about Fine Gael flying this, um, what do you call it? Flying Kite? a balloon. Kite, private not jet. A, not, <laughs> flying this private jet about their tax cuts. Um, I think, again, they have underestimated Irish people and the electorate. And I think that, you know, the squeezed middle included are very concerned about homelessness. And I think that, that it's not a good look for Fine Gael, I don't think. Well, we'll be talking about that uh, after 10 o'clock. If you have any views, 53106 or you can WhatsApp us 087-1400-106. Big thank you to Barbara Scully, author and broadcaster, and Craig Hughes, political correspondent with the Irish Daily Mail. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.